We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 29th, 2008. June 29th, 2008. And today we're going to be continuing, to a certain extent, our study on Todd Bentley. Uh, but there's been a lot of recent developments with the Todd Bentley. The What's going on up in Lakeland continues to degenerate. And Satan's true intentions are becoming more and more known through this, which really makes a watchman's job easier as we go along, because things are so flagrant and blatant that's going on up there that it's very easy to expose it as a result. But from an occult standpoint, it's also quite complex, because most people will look at the situation up there and maybe hear certain things that are going on and maybe not think there's anything to it or this or that. But from a, if we look at it from an occultic, from a witchcraft standpoint, and we see what is going on, um, I, I guarantee you a witch looking at the situation would have a much different take on things and would absolutely be delighted as to what they're seeing up there. And we're going to attempt to prove that today. And I don't know how long the study is going to carry through because there's quite a bit of material. And um, I don't think it's very redundant in regard to what we've covered in the past with Todd Bentley. This is just something that's opened up a gigantic can of worms, uh, essentially. So the article that I'm referencing to begin with here is called The New Breed and the False Anointing. This was just written June 24th. Um, so about five days ago. And it goes on to start out. It says, The new breed met last night at, La at the Lakeland Revival to endorse the revival plus anoint Todd Bentley as the number one revivalist of the century. Of the century? Revivalist? This is the state of the apostate charismatic church where they're in such strong delusion that they believe that Todd Bentley already, even though this thing's only been going on for a matter of months, is the number one revivalist of the century. Um, I have, if you're on my email list, you've probably you've gotten several emails this last week about this, uh, where we actually provide you the video footage of this um, endorsement of Todd Bentley. And we're going to be talking more about that. If we go further, it says that they are opening the, quote, Northern Stargate to the nations today. Don't forget to pray and seriously intercede for our nation against these deluded, seduced, mystical people from destroying our nation and church. Well, the Bible says there's going to be strong delusion and it will come. And that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And the primary methods of that deception is going to be lying, signs, and wonders, and miracles. So we're just getting kind of a warm-up to what the Bible clearly predicted was going to happen. But it's interesting when they say they are opening the northern stargate to the nations. Now, somebody would read that, and most of the time as a Christian, you would just kind of slough that off and keep going, not really knowing what it meant. We're going to look at that in depth today, what that concept means. Because this is what they, they're saying they're doing. This is a big goal of what they're saying they're, they're trying to accomplish, opening these called stargates, or portals, things of that nature. Now, somebody, excuse me, somebody that's involved in high-level occult knows exactly what I'm talking about most of the time. 
Uh, but most Christians were not trained in this. And this is something that we really need to look at. And we can show you Bible for it as well. And we're going to do that too. This article goes on to say, Did you see the Great Commission and the coronation of Todd Bentley last night as the, quote, chosen one? To go into every city of the world, the only thing missing was his crown. Peter Wagner brought about 25 of his, quote, apostles to anoint Todd Bentley and his demonic revival to go into the world and spread his demonic kundalini power. Now, we're going to be talking about the kundalini also in depth, but I don't think we're going to be able to get to that today. Uh, this started out just as a teaching on the kundalini, and then as I got more information this week, that kind of got pushed back a little bit, because I think we have to explain what we're, what we're going to be talking about today first, and then go on to that later. Now, as so we can go into this a little bit further and, and kind of understand what happened this week up there in Lakeland, I'm reading from an article... Right now, we're going to go back to the one we were just reading from, but right now I'm reading from an article entitled, Joyner Wagner Arnott Commission Bentley, by a guy named Andrew Storm, or Strom. He goes on to write, here's how Char Charisma, they should call it Charismania, but Charisma Magazine, which is the magazine for, I guess you'd call it the Pentecostals and the Charismatics, that's why they call it Charisma. Okay. Here's how Charisma announced the news of what took place in Lakeland just a couple days ago. Quote, leaders commissioned Todd Bentley at the Lakeland outpouring. The special service was billed by leaders as one of the greatest movements in revival history. This is, again, this is the, the level of discernment that they're operating at. I, I'm not even going to give them that much credit that they don't have discernment. I think they know exactly what they're doing. I believe these people are high-level occultists, pre-positioned at their very positions, and, I'm, and they know exactly what they're doing. I'm sure some of them are purely just deluded, but I'm talking about the ones at the top here. And we've, I have a whole attachment I can forward on the history of Pentecostalism, and on the uh, Toronto Revival, and these types of things, uh, that I can forward you that will, will validate that. The article continues saying, Canadian revivalist Todd Bentley, leader of the Lakeland Outpouring, was commissioned as an evangelist last night in a special ceremony in Lakeland, Florida. And that was broadcast to millions of homes by God TV, 126 million the last time I checked. Participating leaders at the ceremony included C. Peter Wagner, uh, her name's Chi Ann, pastor of Harvest Rock in Pasadena, California. John Arnott of the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship in Canada. Now, we already know from, the, from previous teachings also that um, Steve Hill and his sidekick from the Pensacola Revival had already come to Todd Bentley's church to do this very same thing. Now, these are the supposed big revivals that have taken place in the last, let's say, 20 years. They've already had supposedly anointed this guy and prayed over him to go forth. So then there was uh, Bill Johnson, pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California. Rick Joyner, founder of Morning Star Ministries of Char Charlotte, North Carolina. Stacy Campbell, who is one of the main Toronto leaders, spoke. Now, in the video clip that I sent out, it, it had her, uh, Todd Bentley, he was like basically on his back on the floor, and there was all these the big wigs from this, this uh, you know, apostolic, charismatic, um, 
Kansas City Prophet, Emerging Church, Manifest Sons of God, Joel's Army, International House of Prayer, you know, you could bring it all in there. They were all standing around Todd Bentley, and this Stacy Campbell, this prophetess, who I've seen do this before, she was standing around him, and when she starts to prophesy, she shakes her head back and forth, real violently. And, surprisingly enough, you can hear what she's saying pretty good. But I'm talking, she's, 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 she's like this. I'm, I'm demonstrating for Nonetta. And it's that fast. And she just does it for the whole time she's prophesying. It's a wonder she don't fall over. Because if you try to do that and talk, but, you know, the demons hold her up. So, she's okay. She's sitting there, and she's all these nice flowery words to Todd Bentley. Now, if the Holy Spirit was really speaking through her, what would be happening is, is she, she would be rebuking Todd Bentley. But no, 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 she's praising him. She's saying he's a mighty man of God, and he's going to do these awesome exploits, and uh, he's going to bring us in, and, and that he's, his, his heart's so pure before God, and, and he's sought God like no other man's ever sought God in this day and time and era, essentially. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm just trying to remember exactly kind of what she said. I watched it a couple times. And um, uh, I tried to show it to my daughter Taylor and it made her sick. She, she, she doesn't like watching these things. Because the Holy Spirit that lives inside her gets grieved. I really believe that. I've seen so much of it. And this is my calling. That, you know, I remember when I first started getting exposed to stuff, I felt the same exact way. And sometimes I still do now to this day. But in order to expose something, you have to you have to deal with it and look at it uh, many, many times if, if it's appropriate. And there's nothing inappropriate about this video. It's just a very grievous thing that's going on here. It's totally, totally demonic. And so she's um, she's shaking her head violently, whipping back and forth, shaking and baking, and. Uh, all this, they say, is done under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Which, really, again, you look at the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, that line, you know, is not a line I want to really try to push the envelope on. But attributing something evil, which is what we're seeing here, and calling it good, is essentially what they're doing. And they're blaming this on the Holy Spirit. They're, 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 it's, it's their excuse... To act and live like devils. Because, oh, it's the Holy Spirit again. Or the angels. Now the Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil. To put lightness for dark, and darkness for light, and bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. The Bible says, Woe unto them. And woe unto this group of reprobates, wolves in sheep's clothing, hirelings that are in it for the money, because that's if you're a hireling, you're in it for the money, you're in it for the hire. You have no true love for the sheep. They appear as ministers of righteousness, but they are of their father, the devil, and of his works they will do. Clearly. So if we go further, the charismatic. Charismania article continues, I mean, I'm sorry, Charisma, it continues and says, See, Peter Wagner said to Bentley on the platform during this commissioning, This commissioning represents a powerful spiritual transaction. Spiritual transaction. What does that imply? That implies a spiritual exchange. Now, 
Todd Bentley was already demon-possessed before this. Okay? He's even admitted that in some of the videos I've seen. But he said, essentially, in the videos, it was, it was like a temporary aberration. No, the, the man's demon-possessed. And a lot of people say, oh, you bring up the fact about how he molested that little boy, that little seven-year-old boy when he was 14. And he, he's repented of that. Look, at he's a man of God. Now, give me a break. He's a man of God. Do you know he got all those tattoos after he got into the ministry and all those piercings? He's covered from head to toe in tattoos, demonic tattoos, demonic piercings. All these things are forbidden in the Bible if you search the scriptures out. The, the video the other day, we talked about where, where it was right out of his mouth. He said, the Holy Spirit told me the reason this one lady had not gotten healed because you haven't kicked her in the face with your biker boot. I'm quoting. And then he questioned the Holy Spirit. He said, kick her in the face with your biker boot. And as soon as this biker boot, the tip of the toe contacted her nose, she was healed. Then he went on to say how, he, how the Holy Spirit told him to leg drop a pastor, which is a one of those... You know, WWF wrestling moves. The fake wrestling. And then he, then he talked about how he had to punch this one guy as hard as he could, thrust him back like 10 feet or whatever, and his tooth popped out of his head. Learn about that. And then he talked about how this one lady, the reason that, that she hadn't gotten healed yet was he had to go and he had to take her legs. She was laying flat out on the platform. And he had to bounce them up and down on the, um, on the platform like a ball bat. And they all got healed, though, after he was obedient to the Spirit that was telling him to do this. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's not the author of confusion. The Holy Spirit reproves the unfruitful works of darkness. He doesn't participate in them. Which is exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness. The Holy Spirit exemplifies the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, these types of things. The whole Holy Spirit is sober and diligent. Not drunk, like they say, drunk in the Spirit. I've read the most blasphemous things, seen and read the most blasphemous things I have ever seen or read since I've been saved from 1994 in the last, I'd say, 45 days researching this movement. Without a doubt, the most blasphemous... It's one thing if you're a Satanist, okay? Or you're a Buddhist or you're a Hindu and you're doing blasphemous things, okay? According to God. But it's one thing... A whole other different thing when you're saying you're doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. They, they usually rarely use the term Lord Jesus Christ. Because their Lord is Satan. Or the demons that are possessing them and guiding them. That's their Lord. They typically don't use that whole term Lord Jesus Christ. They'll use the word Jesus once in a while. But their Jesus is a false Jesus. It's another gospel. And the Bible says they, if an angel are we from, you know, if we are an angel from heaven, preach any of the gospel, let him be accursed. Well, they are accursed. They're deluded. They're blinded. They've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And the result of that is now they're speaking lies and hypocrisy, because they're lies. 
Why? Because their father is the father of lies. And of his works they will do. And now their consciences are seared with a hot iron. They don't have any more conscience. It's gone. They've been turned over to a reprobate mind, as in Revelation 1. I really believe that. There's no repentance. If the Holy Spirit lived inside them, it would have been reproving them of, of, of their own sin long time ago. These people would be miserable if the Holy Spirit truly lived inside them. You can't go around and do this stuff as a Christian, day in, day out, live in habitual, blatant, blasphemous sin and not be absolutely, totally miserable. No, there's no conviction of sin. Well, how, how can you say that? Because the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, which is like punishment or discipline, if ye be without that, or chastisement, then you're bastards. Bastard is an illegitimate son. You're not his son or daughter. So I'm just looking at scriptural things here we can look at. By their fruit you shall know them. Remember the Bible said that. They haven't continued in God's word. Because that's how we get set free. Where does it say that? Well, if you continue in my word, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They've long since thrown out their Bibles. They only go by personal prophetic revelation, or whatever the demons are telling them today, the flavor of the weak demon story. Or fallen angel story. That's all they're going by. It's always a new thing. They're like little, they're like little spoiled brat children. They gotta have something new every day. Whereas the Bible says, to seek ye the old paths, wherein is wisdom, the old foundations, the old landmarks. Not this new thing that they that they keep talking about. The new emerging contemplative new age antichrist church. You want to go to hell? That's a that's the, the train that you need to be on. If that's where what your goal is to go to hell. These people have been given over to the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth, according to 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. And that's in regard to the end times. See, the scary thing about this is that God is the one says the God is the one that's sending the strong delusion. It says that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, I will send the strong delusion, that they will believe a lie. That they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. I believe the Lord's given these people a lot of chances. You know, I could have been in the same boat. That's that I got saved into radical Pentecostal hypercharismania. And I was in it for quite a while before I got out. I could have been in the same boat. I'm not saying I'm better. I could be right along with them. I was radical, man. I equated zeal and being radical with being quote, on fire for God. But when the Lord showed me what the true word of God was, which is the King James Bible, my eyes started getting open. And I'm telling you, that was the pivotal point for me. And I've talked to other people, that was their pivotal point. And then all of a sudden, I started, my eyes got open, and I started seeing what was going on in the church, and I started comparing it to what the Bible says. And I said, you know something, this don't add up. Something's not adding up here at all. So, that's how, that's how, kind of, part of my testimony there. So, I've been there in this movement, and I've seen a lot of things. Now, I've never, 
when I was in it, it wasn't this bad. This is really, really, really starting to degenerate. You know, it's kind of like a ball rolling down a hill. Or think of a boulder rolling down a hill. When it first starts, maybe it's not rolling that fast. But as it, as it gets that momentum going down the hill, it goes faster and faster. And it's going downhill quicker. That's almost where we're at right now. It's, it's, it's going down at such a fast pace. It's building more momentum. It's degenerating at an accelerated pace compared to what it was even from five years ago or even a year ago. These seducing spirits and doctrines of devils are taking over. And when it talks about here about opening these northern stargates to the nation, we're going to talk about that more because I don't even want to give that away yet, but we're going to get into that very shortly here. So if we, I'm just going to go back and finish this, this uh, Charisma article. Wagner said to Bentley on the platform, this commissioning represents a powerful spiritual transaction taking place in the invisible world. He's right. They just, when they commissioned him, as if this man wasn't demon-possessed enough, they just imparted another boatload of devils and demons to him, to Todd Bentley. This is what the witches do. If you ever heard of uh, Bill Schneblin's testimony, he was, a, he was a guy that was into every, just about every level of, of the occult and black magic that you could be in. And he would talk about how he would actually go before Satan and beg for more demons to come into him. They beg for him. Why? Because that's how they get more power. And how they maybe get more occult knowledge through these demonic entities. That's why. That's no different than what's going on up at Lakeland. They're just doing it with a Christian candy-coated veneer. <clears throat> so, Wagner goes on, C. Peter Wagner goes on to tell Bentley, he says, with this in mind, I take the apostolic authority that God has given me. Well, maybe his God did, but he's no apostle. But he takes his apostolic authority that's been given to him, and then he says, I decree it to Todd Bentley. Your power will increase. Your authority will increase. Your favor will increase. Your influence will increase. And your revelation will increase. End of quote. Now this just took place the other night. These are the big wigs. One of the big wigs... And a whole, I mean, 25 of these guys up on stage. So Todd's, instead of rebuking them, instead of casting this one out of the church, like the Bible would tell us to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, turn such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. Why? Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Just read that whole chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. That's what needs to be done to Todd Bentley. No, no, no. They're not going to do that. Well, how could they? They're all a bunch of hypocrites. They're all doing the same thing. If, if they did that to one, they'd have to all leave the church. None of these people are qualified to be a pastor or whatever authority that they're running in. They're, 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 they're working in. None of them. Do you realize how few people are actually biblically qualified to be a pastor? In, in, in America and in the world. 
You know, the Bible talks about the biblical qualifications for a pastor, or a deacon, or a spiritual overseer, or a bishop, they refer to him as, or an elder. Husband of one wife, number one. <laughs> well, that would take out all the women preachers. Sober, grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, which is money and mammon. <laughs> well, that pretty much takes the rest of them out. Why would God tell somebody to get yoked up with the government and the Internal Revenue Service with a 501c3 status? Tell me that. I don't understand it. Well, brother, so they can write it off on their taxes. Oh, so you can be seen among all men and you can write it off on your taxes? That's your motivation for taking a 501c3? Well, we can also get tax-exempt subsidies from the government. Oh, yeah, I can remember Jesus and, and all the apostles, they got yoked up with the government, too. They went to them for their licensing. Jesus went to them so he could have a license to preach. So did the apostles. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, the Bible says obey the law of the land, so you're, you're wrong. Not if it contradicts the word of God. No, it doesn't. That's a big reason why a lot of people got thrown in jail. They, they refused to take a license. John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress. A lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people went and got burned at the stake for less than that. If you look at the martyrs, I mean, some of them got burned at the stake for not making the sign of the cross like the Catholics wanted them to do, or, or acknowledging this or acknowledging that. They hadn't even yoked themselves up with the government. It was much less that they, went, they, they, they died for. And are we better than they? Well, this new emerging church thinks that they're much better than they. They do. So then this article ends by saying, this is this Andrew Strom, he says, For me, though, one of the most grievous statements in the whole article is this one, that, quote, leaders who have experienced or expressed private concerns about Bentley's ministry turned down Charisma's request for public comment. Now, this is a charismatic magazine looking as though they're wanting to be halfway fair about this and going to other preachers who are also, I'm sure, Pentecostals or Charismatics. And they're going to them and saying, hey, you know, we've heard that you're, you're not real wild about what's going on down there. Even though you're Pentecostal, would you, would you like to be on record as saying anything against this movement? Oh, no, no. We've, we're going to turn down that public comment because we lost our backbones about... 30 years ago. We, we, we lost them. And, and, and we don't have that anymore. We, we're not men anymore. Uh, the, the, the women, you know, are, are more bold than the men most of the time. Oh no, we don't, we don't want to step on any toes. We don't want to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness. We want to, we want to you know, just kind of we do the see, we you know we see the sword coming to the city, but we're not going to say anything to the city. We would rather that sword just wipe out the city and their blood be upon our hands, rather than say anything against Todd Bentley and his apostate reprobate ways. How he's taking probably millions of people to hell. Oh no, we don't want to. We don't want to step on those toes. See, we fear we fear men much more than we fear God. God's just a God of love to us. And 
since we're spineless, backboneless pastors, we can't say anything against this this um, apostate reprobate movement. No, no. See, they're part of the problem. They're just lukewarm. And God's going to vomit them out of his mouth, according to Revelation 3. They're rich and increased in goods. They might have nice big buildings. They're like what Jesus talked about in the Bible. They're white and sepulchers full of dead man's bones. When he was talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They look all nice on the outside, but it's a tomb full of dead man's bones on the inside. They're good as dead. In fact, it had been better that they had never been born. It had been. Jesus talks about that. It had been better had this man never been born. Now I know that was in reference to, if you offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it would be better than a millstone were, cast, were put about your neck, and you be cast into the midst of the sea. But how many of these supposed preachers and pastors, or whatever they call themselves, apostles or whatever, how many of them are offending the little ones? How many of them are taking these little ones and not giving them truth? And then those little ones end up growing up in that, and then they end up going to hell too. It had been better for this man had he never been born. It had been better, much better for Todd Bentley had he never been born. Are these people following him? Wouldn't it be better if you were never born than, than, than to be born and then to end up into hell and then the lake of fire for eternity? Because this is the stakes we're talking about today. This is the stakes. Really, is really the reality. So no, these leaders won't won't say anything against it. <laughs> I don't understand that. This is why I came out of the church. For this pretty much for the same reason, and a lot of other reasons too. Our lives as Christians are not popularity contests. You need to, if you truly pray for the fear of God, this isn't going to scare you to expose this type of stuff. It's not. And maybe it will at first a little bit, but after a while, it's like, well, you know, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's, that's really the truth. If you end up getting your head chopped off in a guillotine somewhere, do you know that that's the doorway to heaven? You know, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about these concentration camps for a long time. I'm not kidding. I actually saw this the other day. I was looking, I mean, this really in-depth thing, really, really scary, about like that one that they've got up in Indianapolis, where it's the, 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 the mock train depot, where they have the blue and the red list and all the stuff, and they got the big furnaces set up. When I first started looking at that stuff, it scared me. I've gotten to the point now where it's almost like I've been exposed to it so much that God's given me peace about it. And I actually got excited looking at this concentration camp where they're going to kill all these people, not because I want the death, but because I know what that represents. What it really represents to a true born-again Christian is the door to heaven. Because if that's where you're, if that's where you're terminated, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I know it's one thing to say that, it's another thing to live it. Okay, so I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'm Mr. Big Man on campus or whatever. But I just believe that the Holy Spirit that lives inside you, no matter what He calls us to, will give us the grace and the strength to get through no matter what we're faced with. There were some martyrs that went to the um, 
went to the cross to be burned, and they didn't feel the flames at all. They witnessed to him as they were burning up. I think a lot of it boils down to faith. Do we have the kind of faith to believe that, that God could do something like that? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you're reading a perverted Bible, how are you going to build your faith up? And if you haven't memorized any of the Bible, how are you going to build your faith up? Or if it's taken away from you, you're not going to remember it. Just a little sidebar there. Anyway, so, now, going back to this article, Bob Jones, who is Todd Bentley's spiritual portal to the, portal to the heaven portal to the third heaven mentor, how they referred to him. Bob Jones is Todd Bentley's portal to the third heaven mentor sent a quote word that the poison against Todd Bentley would end last night. So big old Bob Jones, Todd Bentley's spiritual mentor, mentor, sent a word to him and said that the poison against Todd Bentley would end last night. What Another lie from the pit of hell. Another prophecy not fulfilled. Here we all are. The watchmen are still out there. There's a lot of people exposing this guy. I'm just one of many. You go up and do a search on YouTube or, or even on the internet. You're going you're gonna to get your boat loaded. That's how I'm getting all these videos. There's a lot of people doing this. I think it's great. I don't particularly want to be the only one doing it. But if it were to come down to that, <laughs> that's okay too. But I don't want to be the only one. I want there to be people getting on this bandwagon and crying out against this. And, you know, to the Lord. And to the people that, people that they know. There's a lot of people that are running around right now going around, have you heard about Todd Bentley? Have you heard about him? I'm doing the same thing. I went to the gym the other day, and there was two guys talking about, I, 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 I'm like, man, Lord, I want to be in this conversation. God got me in the conversation. And praise the Lord, you know, two people that were receptive to this. I have heard about Todd Bentley. It's a tremendous icebreaker. As a Christian, I'm using it as a witnessing tool. You hear about the stuff that's going on? Oh, man, you won't believe what they're doing. Let me send you an email. Let me send you my teachings on it. I'm telling you. You can use this. Again, this is something that the devil's trying to use. But you can use it in the opposite way. Strike up a conversation. Forward them um, some of my teachings on it. Or, what, or my PDF file. i got a couple different PDF files up. I mean, if the, if the Lord convicts you to do it, I'm telling you, you can use this thing as, as a witnessing tool. I think it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen lately is used as a witness because it's so outrageous that people will actually take a look at it and then that can lead to other things. So, if we go further, so, so good old Bob Jones said, all this poison against Todd Bentley is going to end as of last night. Well, once again proving he's a false prophet. This is the thing that amazes me, and one of the reasons, after I had saw the King James Bible issue, what I started looking at was, I said, you know, if these guys are really hearing from God, why isn't it what they're saying coming to pass? Every one of these people are false prophets. Now, according to Deuteronomy 18, the end of the chapter, if a man presumes to speak a word 
on God's behalf, it better come to pass. The penalty in the Old Testament was death for the false prophet. In other words, he had to nail it all the time. Not this whatever percentage of the time they get it. I don't even think 50% they even near get it. But this guy, this guy is saying that, you know, all the poison is going to end as of last night. Now this was, you know, about a week ago he said this. Well, I'm still up here. All the other people, all the videos are still up on YouTube. All the other people crying out against it. So he goes on to say, well, all that happened there, there just added more fuel to the fire to those who are watching this spiritual disaster being unleashed. He's saying on the body of Christ, I'm not going to give him that much credit. I don't think this is the body of Christ. I don't think these people that are participating in this movement are part of the body of Christ. If the Holy Spirit lived inside them, why would they continue on in this thing, never, ever, ever having any conviction about it? Now, I understand I came out of it, and there was one time I didn't have a lot of conviction about it either. So, I'm not saying that none of these people were saved. It's not something that you want to push the envelope and stay in and see how long you can stay in and not be, dis, you know, <laughs> before you cross the line. You just need to get out of this thing if you're in it. You need to flee all appearance of evil. This thing appears evil. It appears insane. I tried to show my mom some of these videos and she just shakes her head and walks away. And she's as unsaved as you could get. She's into New Age. She, she can't even stand watching it either. It's so crazy and ludicrous. They have, more, they have more, way more discernment than the people caught up in this thing. But see, because people are supposedly getting healed, and I have heard some, some stories about people genuinely saying they got healed. <laughs> you know what? That impresses me less and less and less. Knowing that when the Antichrist comes, it says clearly, how is he going to deceive? Through his miracles and his lying signs and wonders. Jesus Christ said, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but no sign shall be given unto it, but unto the sign of Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That was the only sign they were supposed to get. But the Bible says the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after knowledge. God had always dealt with the Jews through signs and wonders, okay? But when the emphasis went over to the Gentiles, where it talks about that in the book of Acts, and when blindness in part started to happen to the Jew until the fullness of the Gentile come in, then these signs and these wonders started to dissipate. But see, today... We've got all these different types of, of religious sects, particularly the Catholics. I had watched this DVD on um, that Unsolved Mysteries program at one time about these miracles. Most of the miracles on this particular DVD were Catholic miracles. And they were documenting Lady of Medjugorje, Lord's France, of... What was the other one? Uh, there's, there's so many of them. There's one place up in Kentucky that has a, has a Catholic shrine. And this and that. And all these dead Catholics. And how these people take their loved ones to, these, to the graves of these dead Catholic priests or nuns or whatever they are. 
and they and they pray to these people while they're in the grave, somebody that's in hell they're praying to. And a lot of them are getting healed. I can't tell you, most of the miracles that they had on this particular show were Catholic miracles where people were getting healed by going and praying to either dead people or they saw Mary. That's, that's what happened all day long. All these people confirmed medical, what they would term miracles. And you know what I thought every time I saw one of these? Jesus Christ never ever got the glory. Mary might have got the glory, or the demonic goddess queen of heaven Mary, or some dead Catholic saint, they, they refer to him as a saint. It's really morbid. You know, this one guy they had talked about, I think he was up in uh, Baltimore, and he was some, some guy who couldn't quite ever met, cut it in the priesthood. He just couldn't pass all the oral or, or uh, text exams. But they went ahead and they ordained him like this real low position. But everybody loved him, and, and he was just wonderful, and this and that. And At the end, they said, you know, we really need to think about making him a saint. The Bible talks about if you're saved, you are a saint. I don't need some authorization from the Catholic Church to make me a saint after I'm already dead. But yeah, they've got to actually go and dig up their body and examine it to see if there's anything that um, is miraculous about the body after it's already been dead for so many years. And they dug this guy's body up and they said, oh, it was remarkably preserved. And this and that. And, and, and this was one of the confirmations for them to make the, to quote canonize this guy talk about morbid then they brought his body back into this this sanctuary or whatever and then people would go there and pray and then they would have their pictures of him up and stuff and there was this one lady that got healed in the hospital they they said a prayer to this guy that had been dead and she got healed do you know why satan's doing that and why god's permitting it to happen because God said he was going to send a strong delusion. But also, when Satan does something like this, and these people actually get confirmed healings, just like up at Lakeland, it's no different. I'm saying all that to relate it to Lakeland. Those people are going to be lifelong converts for the Catholic Church. There will be nothing that I, nor anyone else, will ever be able to tell those people that, ever, that where they'll ever have any hope of ever getting converted, ever getting saved, or ever going to heaven. There will be no hope for that. 99% of the time, I would have to say. Why? Because they know what they saw. They sought after a sign, or a miracle, and Satan met them at their need. And they'll never forget it. Because to them, that's much more real than the Word of God. They've chosen to follow some false religion that's taken them to hell, or some man. And the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. That's what they've chose to do. They want to follow a man. Well, man's not going to require much from me. Man's not a holy God. So, if Father Flanagan says that I'm okay, and I go to confessional, and I do the seven sacraments, and I get the sacrament of extreme unction, and I get the youth, Eucharist Son God way for every week, and I bow down to all my Catholic idols and worship them, 
and I have my Catholic medallions and all these other things and all these other little demonic cursed trinkets and I'm a good Catholic, well, maybe I'll have a chance to get in heaven. Well, that's after I pass through purgatory and then I get prayed out by somebody here on earth. It's all about man's works. Always. It's never through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They can't even get to Jesus Christ. they got to go through Mary, the Queen of Heaven. It's sickening. It is absolutely sickening. But I'm telling you right now, there are tons of people that have gotten demonically or fallen angelically healed in the Catholic Church. Why do you think they make these pilgrimages? Not only are they seeing lion signs and wonders, and they're seeing paintings with, with oil and blood coming out of them, and, and all kind of disgusting things, and they're seeing visions up in the sky, Our Lady of Fatima, remember that one? Yeah, they had that too, the three kids from Fatima. All these people getting healed. And then they go back and they become walking billboards for the Catholic Church for the rest of their lives. Many of the women that would get healed at early ages would become nuns. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. It's the same thing up at Todd Bentley's in Lakeland. People up there getting healed, this and that. It's not the Holy Spirit that's healing them. It's demonic. People are getting healed all over in the New Age just as well. I, I am... The more I research this, the less and less impressed I am with anyone getting healed. If it deviates from the Word of God. I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't heal. Perfectly capable of doing that. But when we look at like with Moses and Janus and Jambri, the, the Egyptian magicians, they can almost produce some of the things Moses was doing through the Lord. They can almost produce it verbatim. Almost. Much of the time. Not everything. I mean, like, obviously, God went really pulled out all the stops on that one. But understand that high-level witchcraft and that demons and fallen angels have power. It's just we can't see the power. Um, we can see the fruit, maybe, of that power. It's, it's an evil fruit. But it appears as something good. Well, he got healed. How could that ever be bad? Little Johnny went on to live a, a, a fruitful life. He, he didn't, you know... He wasn't crippled. He was, he was this and he was that. Yeah, and he was a poster child for whatever demonic thing healed him for the rest of his life. And then he, he ended up going on and influencing a whole bunch of people toward, let's say, the Catholic religion, or in this case, let's say, Lakeland. And then they ended up going to hell. And the ultimate end of all of them was the lake of fire. That's a real happy ending. I would rather be maimed and crippled and go to heaven than be all healed up in, in some poster boards for some false religion, their blood's going to be on my hands. And go to hell and burn hell for the lake of fire. And take a whole boat, boatload of people with me. What would you rather do? So, going back to this. This guy goes on to say, I'm so busy and my own call from Jesus that I've never listened to these people before, so I don't know them by their names. These are the, these 25 apostles. But one of the apostles prophesied that God has called Bentley to open the portals or the magical stargates to the third heavens in and around every city of the world. Now, understand something. Somebody that's not studied this will read that and say, oh, whatever that means, just some other crazy thing they're talking about. 
I really truly believe these people are high-level Satanists at this level. I think we've... I've seen too much proof of this. And if you doubt me, just check out my Pentecostal um, PDF file that I've attached to uh, the latter Rain Sons of God movement. Or email me and I'll forward it to you. My email address is on the homepage. Sermon Audio. I mean, there's all kind of these, these people crying out to Satan, flashing the Cornudo sign. Oh, Kenneth Copeland, Hagen, Benny Hinn, you name it. These guys know exactly what they're doing. Exactly what they're doing. They're commissioned by Satan to do this work. To take as many people to hell as possible. Because misery loves company and that's Satan's ultimate goal. We're created in his image and he wants to take as many of us out as he can. But Bentley, we're talking a lot today about God calling, Bentley's God calling him to open these portals or these stargates into the third heavens. What did we say at the very beginning of this article? It said, they are opening the northern stargate to the nations. What does all that mean? We're going to look at that. I've never talked a lot about this. This is research I've done an extensive amount of research on that I've said very little about. Because there's a time and a place for everything. And I really didn't feel this was appropriate to bring this up until today's... Nothing, not as though there's anything inappropriate about it. It's just that there's a time and a place to bring things out. And I really believe the Lord had me looking at this for a long time to see what this actually means. So I'm going to go segue into a couple other articles here about these stargates, these portals. Sometimes they're called wormholes. There's a whole TV series called Stargate Atlantis, or Stargate SGI. What is Hollywood telegraphing to us with these shows? This is quoting from an article by Tom Horn. And I'm just going to read a portion of it. It says, Bible scholars agree that the sky, the sea, and the physical earth contain spiritual forces behind barriers or gates. Bible scholars agree that in the sky, the sea, and the physical earth contain spiritual forces behind these barriers or gates. Remember the Bible talks about the gates of hell? Okay. Well, what does the gate do? It keeps something in, right? Pretty much. Or it keeps the bad guys out. In the book of Revelation, chapter 9, verse 14, we read of the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. That's real. There's four angels right now bound in the great river Euphrates, right now. And they're nasty, nasty fallen angels. And they're going to be released at one time. Additional biblical references indicate that the subsurface earth Earth is a prison or a holding tank where God has bound certain fallen entities. Okay, where does it talk about that? Well, let's just look real quick. Second Peter two four. Second Peter two four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, 
cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And then it goes on to say, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Why was the world so ungodly? Because the sons of God, the good, they were good angels at one time, saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they came down to earth and took all of them that they chose as wives, according to Genesis 6. And the fruit of that union were the giants, or the Nephilim, or the fallen ones. And they so defiled the earth that God had to wipe the whole earth out because the seed had been so corrupted with this giant Nephilim hybrid abomination offspring. We talked about this. If you, uh, I've talked about this in several teachings. Um, the uh, ones on the indigo children that we did, we got into this pretty much in depth. Now, this word that they use here in hell, just as a side note here, says, but cast them down to hell. The translation of that word is Tartarus. Or Tartaru. Tar- but Tartarus. And the o- it's the only time it was ever used in the Bible. Tartarus. It's a special compartment of hell just for these fallen angels. There's different levels of hell. I mean, there's different punishments in hell. Everybody just doesn't get the same thing. You know, I think Hitler's going to get a lot worse than the average pew-warming whatever. But this is a special compartment of hell called Tartarus. And uh, this is where they were delivered into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And it's kind of funny, if we just read the the, the verses right before this, if we we just start at verse 1, it applies to the subject that we're talking about. Because it says in verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 2, but there were false prophets. Isn't that what we're talking about today? False pro- They're making all these prophetic predictions and they're all false. They're lies. Because they're of the father, the devil. But there were false prophets also among the people. Even as there shall be false teachers among you. It says there shall be. Especially in today's day and age. Who privily, meaning, privily meaning like privately or, or subtly, They will bring in damnable heresies. A heresy is something, in this regard, a damnable heresy is a a heresy that can damn you to hell. Damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. That's what Todd Bentley's end is, and all of his ilk that he's running with. Now, should we pray for these people that they get to absolutely pray for the people that can I believe a lot of them have crossed the line. A lot of them are just in Satan's service and they know exactly what they're doing. People like Todd Bentley and these other guys. There's, there's, I don't believe there's any redemption. The Bible talks about that the wicked go astray from the womb. They go astray from the womb. They go immediately after being born speaking lies. If you're wicked and you are appointed as a, as a vessel fitted for God's destruction... There's nothing you can do about that. If the wicked go astray from the womb and they're wicked, what can you do about that? That's just who they are. They are vessels fitted for God's wrath and destruction, as it talks about in Hebrews. We've done studies on that in the Indigo Children uh, teaching as well, where we talk about that in depth. And then it says, And many shall follow their pernicious ways. Well, look at, look at 
God TV, 126 million people every night. And that's just one of the pernicious ways out there. And then it says, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. The way of truth shall be evil spoken of. See, the, the stuff that I'm talking about, or whoever is putting out truth, that's going to be evil spoken of. Todd Bentley followers are going to call me evil. I could care less what they call me. I want to be right with God rather than man. So that's where we're at. The truth is being evil spoken of. For the most part. I mean, if you go up and you look at these videos online of Todd Bentley, they're the most outrageous things in the world. And there's people, you, you look at the comments below the videos, oh, praise God, you know, this and that. Oh, this is a wonderful move of God. God Todd Bentley's a man of God. You talk about strong delusion. Heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears. I, it's just unbelievable. And then it says in verse 3, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words, false words, make merchandise of you. Oh, they're all in it for the money. Guaranteed. They're all in it for the money. Now, granted, there's other perks. There's the whole thing of the power and the prestige and working for Satan, and that's evidently the satisfaction that comes to them, knowing that they're doing their father's will, Satan. It's going to be of no comfort to them when they're thrust down to hell, and they're burning in fire, in the lake of fire for eternity. That's not going to be any comfort to them then. They're going to realize how deluded and deceived they were. But it'll be too late. And then it says, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. Their judgment's coming, and it's not going to linger much longer. And their damnation slumbereth not. And then in verse 4, which is what we already read, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. See, if he didn't do that for the angels, or if he didn't do it for the old world under Noah, or the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, He's not going to do it for them either. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. Now it does say, you know, verse, well, let's just say verse 7, and deliver just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, hey, you know, Lot didn't seem very just in the Bible. Okay? But the Bible does refer to him as just. So in a way, as a Christian, that should provide you some comfort <laughs> to a certain extent because it did say that he was just. He was just or justified through his faith. Faith is what always justifies. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in his word. And Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now he really shouldn't have ever been in Sodom and Gomorrah to begin with. Raised his family there, ended up losing his family as a result of this. And then it says, in verse 8, For that righteous man, and it says it again, he, they said he is a righteous man. He had sex with his two daughters. Granted, I know he was drunk. but it's And then from that came these two wicked races. God's ways are not our ways, that's all I can say. I mean, Paul said, Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who will deliver me from the body of this death? 
The things that I don't want to do, that I do. And the things that I should do, that I don't do. So that's how Paul felt about himself. Now I can relate to that verse in the Bible about as much as I can to anything. It doesn't give us a license to sin. Do we sin that grace may be abound? No. Do we use our liberty for an occasion of the flesh? No. So let's have biblical balance at the same time. But we are going to battle the flesh to the day we die. But see, these people up in Lakeland and these Catholics, they don't think they have any problem. They think they're, they're, they're doing God's service. They think, well, look at how holy we are. We're more holier than thou. Like it talks about in Isaiah 66. Come not now thy me, for I am holier than thou. They're not, they're, they're not meek. They're not contrite. They don't tremble at God's word. That's the, that's the person that God said he would look to. They that are of a meek and a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Humbling themselves as a little child before God. Unless you humble yourself as a little child, you'll not see the kingdom of God. I'm telling you. Humility, fear of God, trembling at God's word, meekness before God is where it's at. That's the man to whom God will look. These other people are full of pride. Just like Satan was when he fell. Full of pride. And that pride has blinded them. Just like it did Satan. Back then he was called Lucifer. Just like it did to him. Blinded him to the truth. Because of his beauty he was lifted up. And his merchandise, it says. talks about that in Ezekiel. His beauty and his merchandise. If you look at the whole con- uh, context of those verses. It says, For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Do you kind of feel that way living in, particularly if you live in America? Or, or I'm, I'm sure a lot of other places. This is vexing. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Vexing his righteous soul day to day with their unlawful deeds. When you see this, you should be vexed. A lot of people email me like, I'm angry about this. I said, well, the Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. It's called righteous indignation. You know what you need to do with that anger? You need to funnel it into prayer. And I don't mean, oh God, kill them all. That they. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Okay? But I do pray Psalm 64. I believe God showed me that a long time ago. Because see, if God's judgment falls upon the wicked, the Bible says in that particular portion of Scripture, it says, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Talking about the wicked. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All men shall see and fear and declare the work of God. It says, all men shall shall see and fear and declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him. And all the upright in heart shall glory. Now the first part of Psalm 64 talks about asking for protection from the Lord. We need protection from the Lord in today's day and age. We need a lot of it. But the second half, which is what I just quoted, talks about God's judgment on the wicked. Now I've done a sermon called Imprecatory Prayers. A Christian's Door of Hope. We don't talk about imprecatory prayers anymore. But isn't the word of God in totality all important? I think it's how the heart by which you pray imprecatory prayers is what matters. If you're really praying imprecatory prayers just because nobody, you don't want anybody to mess with you. And because you want to see you're going to take pleasure in the death of the wicked. 
I don't think God's going to honor that at all. But if you're praying it in a godly manner, where you're asking that God... See, God knows the beginning from the end. He knows who's going to get saved, and He knows who's not going to get saved. He's, he knows who the wicked are. He knows who the vessels of wrath are that are fitted for destruction before the foundation of the earth. He knows all of that. He knows the beginning from the end. We've already seen the end with Revelation. John was shown it. God's not subject to time like we are. We're in like this little tube of time. And God stands outside of it and can look in. They're in another dimension. He can look in and He knows the beginning from the end. And if God would destroy the wicked and judge the wicked, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, good things always happen. Always! Or is it better or is it more merciful? Oh God, prosper the wicked. Let them reign in their wickedness and let them take more people to hell and ultimately burn in the lake of fire. What's more merciful? What was the byproduct when Ananias and Sapphira were killed? Great fear fell upon them. Many were saved. Many were converted. Many got right with God. And that was an axe. God's judgment always brings good fruit. Always. And His judgment is a Christian's door of hope. It is. If Jesus hadn't come back at the end of... Uh, the tribulation, everybody would have been wiped out. His judgment on the wicked is our hope. But we've got everything backwards in the church. And so it goes on, same verse 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. See, that's what they're storing up. They're storing up God's wrath, essentially. So, going back to this article, we can also look at Jude 6. Jude verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but they left their own habitation. They left their own dwelling place. These angels that fell in Genesis 6. He hath reserved unto everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. There's another reference to that. Such spirits might seek to move beyond their confines. Now I'm going back to this article now. That such spirits that we were just talking about here might seek to move beyond their confines through human intervention or invitation. Now I don't, I don't personally think that if God has put them in chains, we have the power to unfetter those chains. I think that's God's doing. But the whole re the whole point in, in, in referencing and talking about what we're talking about right now is that witches, just to use them as the extreme example, have the power, they know, through various magical workings, to open these interdimensional doorways where they can let these things through to defile humanity. And it's kind of like a tag team effort. The person 
is working as an agent of Satan in order to do this. And this is what's happening up in Lakeland. Okay? And we're going to, again, we're going to talk about this further. But these spirits, they seek to move beyond their confines through human intervention or invitation. Um, the Hebrew people were warned not to communicate with spirits seeking to emerge from darkness. It talks about in Deuteronomy 18, verse 11, it talks about the charmer or the consulter with familiar spirits. I mean, all that do these things are an abomination. The necromancer or the wizard. We're not supposed to communicate with these things. And yet, at the Pentecostal meetings and at Lakeland, that's all, they're, that's all they are doing. They're inviting them in, they're communicating with them. As an example, when the witch of Endor communicated with the same, they ascended up from out of the earth. And when they, she had questioned Saul, he said, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. 1 Samuel 28, 13. Okay, so when the witch of Endor was describing this to Saul, she said, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. Okay, now these would be like fallen angelic entities, demons, devils. You know, it's hard to be super dogmatic about, you know, how they presented themselves, but notice they were coming out of the earth. Based on such scriptures, it seems reasonable that an intelligent, functioning dynamic exists beyond or behind mythology, which according to Christian doctrine is identical with the legions of fallen spiritual forces held within spiritual boundaries. But see, through witchcraft, which is nothing more than... What's going on up in Lakeland is witchcraft. Just with kind of a Christian veneer on it. They're seeking to invite these legions of these fallen spiritual forces in to our realm of existence to defile us. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness in high places. That's what we battle against. That's why we're supposed to put on the full arm of God every day. That type of thing. It also appears that by invitation, they can ascend or transcend through these gateways. I mean, they got to come through some way. Presenting themselves as, quote, angels of light. The Bible says if Satan can come as an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Well, that's what Todd Bentley's trying to do. He's trying to transform himself into a minister of righteousness. I'm going to go ahead and stop there, and we're going to go to part two next.